Good morning. Welcome. Let's stand to our feet and encourage one another with God's word as we read this out loud together. This is going to be from Psalm 28, starting in verse 6. Let's read this together. Blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the sound of my pleading. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart celebrates, and I give thanks to him with my song. Let's do that together. by our side. You will go before us. You will lead the way. You have found the refuge only you can say. With joy now, our God is for us. The Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now. No love is greater. Who can stand against us? Our God is for us. Even when I stumble, even when I fall, even when I turn back, still your love is sure. You will not abandon, you will not forsake, you will cheer me on with never ending praise. Joy now, our God is for us. The Father's love is a strong and mighty fortress. Raise your voice now, no love is greater. You can stand against us if our God is for us. singing together knowing this is the 
day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen.
morning and welcome to Hebron Baptist Church. So glad to be with you all today. We exist to glorify God by inviting every person to take their next steps toward Christ. My name's Alan. It is a joy and honor to worship with you all here today this morning. If you're a guest with us today, we're so glad that you're here. Welcome. We want to extend a special welcome to you. We would love to get to know you, and one way that we can do that is with a Connect card. It looks like this. This is a card sitting in the seat in front of you. If you're a guest, if you'd be willing to pull this out and fill this out, this will let us know how we can be praying for you, how we can serve you. After service, if you walk through these center doors, you can turn left. There you'll see our Next Steps desk. You can turn this in there. Someone there would be happy to answer any questions that you may have and give a free gift to you. So welcome. Welcome to our guests. As always, we like to encourage our faithful worship through giving. If you'd like to give, there's a few ways that you can do that. One way is if you will pull out a card. It's also in front of you. It looks like this. This is our online giving card. You can scan that QR code with your phone. That'll take you to our online giving page. If you'd rather give in person, there are black boxes on the back of the sanctuary walls here. You can drop a gift in. You can also write to P.O. Box 92, Hebrew, Kentucky, 41048. Or you can drop into the office Monday through Thursday, 9 to, 4, to 4.30 or Friday. Friday, 9 to noon. All right, we're going to transition now to a moment of prayer, so I invite you to please pray with me. Good morning, Father. Lord, we thank you again for another day, another week, another Sunday. We get to come and worship you together. And this morning, Lord, we want to lift up to you our core value as a church of meaningful membership. Lord, we thank you so much for your beautiful design of the local church. Thank you that we don't have to go through life alone, but that you've given us each other in this local body to go through the joys and the sorrows of life. Thank you, Father, so much for the diversity of gifts and personalities you've brought together here at Hebrew Baptist Church. We praise you for the people in this room, in this body. You've given us so many different giftings, and like a puzzle, you put us together so that together as a family, we can serve others. We can serve Northern Kentucky with the good news of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would allow us as members to serve, to love, and to submit to one another as we seek to fulfill your mission together. This morning, Lord, we pray not only for ourselves, but we lift up to you, Redeeming Life Church, worshiping you today in Utah. We thank you so much for our friendship, our partnership with this church. We, we praise you for Pastor Brian Catherman, for his family, for the leadership, for the members of this church, and we ask that you would pour out your blessing upon them today that they would be refreshed in the good news of, of meaningful membership, that within their local body they would serve each other, love each other, and that you would use them as a body to reach Utah for your glory. Please bless Redeeming Life Church. Father, our hearts continue to go out f further away um, to those in Ukraine and those in Russia. We pray for those experiencing that conflict firsthand right now. Lord, our hearts are grieved and we are truly speechless. We, in some ways, don't even know how to pray, but we pray for your mercy to be upon the situation. We ask for those who are already affected, who have already been impacted, experiencing loss and pain, that you would bring healing to them. We pray that you would be with the government leaders, that you would give them wisdom, and that you would bring peace to this conflict. Lord, we pray for local churches there. We pray for relief organizations that are seeking to serve and help and bring healing. We pray that you would give them your success, that you would give strength to believers. For those in Ukraine who are fighting for their lives now, watching over their families, please be so present with them. Be with missionaries and church members who are serving in this area. Give them strength and safety. Provide for needs 
And we pray that even in this dark situation that your good news would go forth, that people who've never heard of you, Jesus, would hear of you, and that eternal life would come through this horrible situation. Closer to home, Lord, we pray for our own church's outreach. We, we are excited and grateful, Lord, for the gospel to every home effort happening this afternoon. And we pray that you would bless that. As people go out and share your love with our neighbors, we pray that you would just allow the right people to be impacted, the right doors to be knocked on, the right resources to be left behind, and that you would draw people, Lord, to enter into a relationship with you. We lift up to you the disciple groups that are starting, that are launching. We thank you so much for this discipleship program. Lord, we pray that you would bless this, that as groups of three begin to meet on a weekly basis, that they would grow in Christ-likeness, that we would sharpen each other, and that we would look more and more like Jesus. We also lift up to you our upcoming Easter celebration outreach event. We pray that this would continue to be an outreach that would impact families, local people who live around here, our neighbors, for your glory that they would come and celebrate your resurrection, Jesus. And speaking of your resurrection, Lord, we, we come to you with our greatest need, and that is that we have all sinned against you. We've separated ourselves from your holiness because of our brokenness, because of our sin. And just thinking of this past week, Lord, we confess to you the sins that we've committed, sins of selfishness, of pride, of lust, of worldliness, of laziness, and so many more. We pray that you would forgive us. We pray that you would wash us clean. Our only hope is your perfect son, his sacrifice, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, for the perfect lamb of God who died in our place. And we pray that by the power of his resurrection that you would make us more and more like him. We worship you. We thank you because of all you've done and because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, would you stand to your feet? hope in the sure and steady anchor of Christ. Christ the sure and steady anchor in the fury of the storm. When the winds of doubt blow through me and my sails have all been torn. In the suffering, in the sorrow, when my sinking hopes are pure, I will hold fast to the anchor. It shall never be removed. Christ the sure and steady anchor, when the tempest rages on. Temptation claims the battle, and it seems the night has won. Deeper still then goes the anchor, though I justly stand accused. I will hold fast to the anchor, it shall never be.
good morning. I'm Pastor Sean. Turn with me in your Bible or in your device to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. If you want to follow along in the translation that I'm reading from, it's page 860 in the Pew Bible in front of you. 860. Boy, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, but I kind of want to just keep singing for a little bit. That was just so. Thank you, Mark, for leading us and the band and the singers uh, and the choir. What a wonderful time of worship in the Lord this morning. Today we're going to continue uh, in our series on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, this is our second time to kind of walk through this, and we're coming from chapter 6 to verse 7, and we'll hope to finish that by Easter. Uh, but today we're looking at the path that God has given us, a path of joy and, and fulfillment in Him. And today we're going to look at the question, why worry? Today, let's read beginning in verse 25, and we'll go to verse 34 uh, in chapter 6. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and more than body for clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin thread, yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. That's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown in the furnace tomorrow won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow... Will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own let us pray heavenly father we are thankful this morning for that word that you care for us that you love us god where many times we will come and people will say that we need to do something to feel better about ourselves. That we need to do something to come in relationship with you. I'm so thankful for the gospel that says that it has already been done in Jesus Christ. And that we, with even our worries, we can trust you. So Lord, as we come today, Speak to us, your children, your people. Help us to see that you are in control. And today, Lord, put your spirit in us that we may never be the same again. In Jesus' name, amen. What do you worry about these days? In a room such as this, you or someone here may be worrying about a marriage or kids 
or grades or health or a job. Maybe the last few weeks you've looked at your portfolio or your retirement and you've been in fear. So what is it that you wake up to in the middle of the night and you worry about? What is that concern that when your feet hit the floor with a thud, you, your mind starts churning over? What is it that you're worried about? Maybe it's something that you've even dreamed up in your head, a confrontation that you think could possibly happen or a conversation that you know that needs to happen. What are those worries? Well, we know, if we're honest, depending upon who you are, your worry is a little or it's a lot. And as we think through worry, God calls us through His Son, Jesus Christ, through His perfect word, to not worry. We know what worry does inside of us and the turmoil that it brings. Now, there was a Disney movie that was released back in December. It was called Encanto. I think it, was, it might have been November, but it's just in brief, the story, and I'm not going to spoil it because I learned my lesson. Uh, but there was a movie that was uh, released, and it's, uh, it's about different members of the family who have received a blessing of a gift that they are to bless their community with. So they've all got special abilities. And one of the grandkids, I'm not going to go through all of them, but one particular of the grandkids is Louisa. Louisa is gifted with strength. She's both beautiful, but yet strong. Kind of like uh, big like the Hulk, but not as big as like the Marvel Hulk, but more like in between Lou Ferrigno and the Hulk in the movie, somewhere in between there. So some of y'all got that reference. But she's strong. And because of that strength, she takes on to herself everything for the family. She is fearful that if she doesn't do it, if she doesn't work hard, if she doesn't make the answers, if she doesn't do it and her strength, she's going to ruin her family. And so there's a very kind of song, popular song called Pressure that has kind of actually scaled up the charts there for a little bit. It's called Pressure. And I think it defines, it helps us to feel or it puts into words what we feel when we worry. Under the surface, I feel berserk as a tightrope walker in a three-ring circus. Under the surface, I'm pretty sure I'm worthless if I can't be of service. Under the surface, I hide my nerves as it worsens. I worry something's going to hurt us. Under the surface, the ship doesn't swerve as I heard how big the iceberg is. Under the surface, I think about my purpose. Can I somehow preserve this? If I could shake, these are words to this song, and I'm like, I feel every one of these. If I could shake the crushing weight of expectations, would that free some room for joy or relaxation or simple pleasure? Instead, we measure this growing pressure that keeps growing and growing because we all know that, you're going to sing it? I won't. 
Pressure's like a drip, drip, drip that will never stop. Thank you. Pressure will tip, tip, tip till you're going to pop. Pressure's like a grip, grip, grip that won't let go. Pressure's like a tick, tick, tick till it's going to blow. That's how it feels. That worry grabs a hold of us and all we can think is one more second of this feeling and we're going to pop. None of us would argue or disagree that worry is a bad thing. We know and see the medical studies that know that worry can change and worsen our health. We know the studies that are done in the workplace that it, it hurts and paralyzes that our productivity goes down. But you know, the thing that we often overlook is that worry dishonors God. I want you right now, what, what, if you have your, your bulletin or your Bible or your phone, I want you to just take a second to write down two or one worry that you have one or two worries that you have just take a second just get one just put it down you know what that worry is the one thing maybe it keeps you up at night maybe it doesn't keep you up at night but if you were to say what is the thing that i worry about the most write it down I want you to be thinking as this as we unpack the truth that Jesus gives us. I'll give you another second or two. All right. Now, some of you wrote a long list, probably. Some of you wrote a couple things. But let's focus in. The Bible tells us what we read last week we make Jesus our master if we trust in him there is a better life in him that can keep us from worrying and if we do not pull the root out of worry in our life we know that it will lead to anxiety it will lead to depression and fear overcomes and overwhelms us from doing anything but Jesus says, do not worry about your life. So we're going to look at four truths about worry, and I'm going to give you five tools to help you out of your worry. So if you're writing notes, number one, when we worry, we forget we are children of the living God. When we worry, we forget we are children of the living God. As we have read this, we see that there is, uh, in this, it is clear that this section is about worry. The term for worry is used four times from verse 25 to verse 34. Jesus says, do not worry. The first thing that Jesus wants to get across to us is that we must understand that worry, it doesn't make sense to do so. In verse 26, he says, Consider the birds of the sky. 
They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you worth more than they? Verse 27, can any of you add one moment to your lifespan? We'll talk about that in a minute. Verse 28, why do you worry about uh, your clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow, and they don't labor or spin thread. And back in verse 26, what, why, don't worry about your life. What you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Isn't life more than food and body for clothing? First, Jesus starts out in verse 26. Wait, isn't life more than what you're worrying about? Isn't life more grand and purposeful than the things that you worry about? In verse 25, he's saying, isn't life more than food? Isn't life more than clothing? Isn't life more than your wardrobe? Isn't it more than the roof over your head? All of these things are important, but in the grand scheme of life, it weighs down the scale when we look at verse 33. First, seek the kingdom of God. When we understand the biblical worldview that we have, that there are eternal things more valuable things, more important things going on in this world, we must look and take a step back and say, these things that we, that are consuming our time, our heart, our energy, everything isn't as big as we're making it. And worry doesn't make sense when we look at the biblical worldview. There are greater things at stake. There are greater things in God's kingdom. The salvation of the family member that you've been praying with for for 30 years is more valuable time to spend uh, your heart and your mind and your prayer in the things that are going on in this world of how you can love each other that is more valuable than the things that we worry about instead we flip and we think that these things are more valuable than kingdom things so jesus says isn't life more than these things and we should seek his plans, his purposes, seek his loving rule. And in these things, we will be able to see in the right way that these are more valuable than the things that we worry about. But then Jesus goes from the lesser to the greater argument, right? He uses this Jesus mathematics to say, if God is doing this little thing, how much more is he doing this big thing? And so how does he lay it out? He uses the smallest of the birds to give an example to us. To say, hey, if the sparrow doesn't worry about what it's going to eat, as Spurgeon says, Spur uh, uh, there was no plow in the sparrow's hand, there was no storehouses that they would work to earn and get what they said. Jesus said, if they don't have to do that, and God takes care of the sparrow, how much more is he going to take care of you? There's a poem that actually Spurgeon quoted. We don't know who wrote it, but this is a, 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 a poem that helps us to think of this. He says, said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. Brother, sister, Jesus wanted to get across to us that if 
God cares for the sparrow. That God clothes the wildflowers that we know. Nobody planted. They just started growing, and they're beautiful. God said, if God cares for these, how much more does he love you and care for you? Brothers and sisters, when we worry, we communicate that as children of the living God, that instead we're living as fatherless children. That we're living as orphan children. That we have a deadbeat dad for a father. Because when we worry, we are saying God does not care for us. When we know, he does. We must understand that, that, that as we think through this, that when we worry, we are communicating our belief about who God is. As followers of Jesus Christ, listen, God values you far more than the rest of his creation. Matthew 7, 11, Jesus says, If then you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will the Father in heaven give good things to you, those who ask him? Do you know you have a heavenly Father who loves you? And gives you what you need. He uses the birds as a very common sense animal to give us plenty. And the same of all of his creation. Brother and sister, remember, if A is greater than B and B is greater than C. I don't want to get you into mathematics and get you flipped out. But we know A is greater than C. How much more does God love you? God loves you and cares for you and will provide for your needs. So worry also then, number two, when we worry, number two, we are not changing anything. When we worry, we're, we really don't change anything. Verse 27, can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? Jesus uses the smallest bit of time. How can you add a, a little bit of your time, of your life, by worrying we know that jesus teaches that we are but a vapor psalm uh, 39 5 says in fact you have made my days just inches long and my lifespan is nothing to you yes every human being stands only as a vapor brothers and sisters we know our life is limited we know that our life is numbered by the lord we know that god is in control we know that we cannot add even a moment to our life by worry it accomplishes nothing as a matter of fact if we know that god has a plan and a purpose for us and we know that god is active in this world and that we know that he will work things out to his glory and his good then our worry is wasting the time that god has given us worry doesn't fix anything actually the opposite is true when we stop and worry, we actually stop the supply chain of God providing because we worry and think about how we're going to do it ourselves. Worrying does not change a thing. And number three, when we worry, we lack faith in God's knowledge and power. When we worry, we lack faith in God's knowledge 
and power. Verse 30, it says, uh, if that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and thrown into furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you? What's it say? You of little faith. The root of this is that we have lost our faith. We have not put our faith in God who can. We put our faith in ourselves, in our abilities, in our time, in our mind, in all these things, thinking that only we can do this. We worry because we lack faith. Like, um, as we persist in worry, it's because I don't trust God. If you persist in worry, it's because you don't believe that he's in control. If you continue to worry, it's because you don't think he's capable of helping. If you continue to worry, it's because what you're saying is he doesn't really care. If you continue in your worry, what you're saying is that you don't trust that his way is better for you. When you persist in worry, as a believer, what you are saying, you don't believe his word is true. When you worry, it speaks to your lack of faith and trust in God because we know that he knows. We know that he knows what's going on. We know that he knows what he knows, and he knows all things. In Exodus 20, sorry, Exodus 2, 25, it says, and God saw the Israelites and God knew. God knew what they were going through. God knows what's going on. So we need to remind ourselves of that. In Daniel chapter 5, it says, but you have not glorified the God who holds your life breath in his hand and who controls the whole course of your life. We know that God does that. And when we worry, we don't trust him. Maybe a, a foundational text for us to continue to go back to is Psalm 139 that reads, Lord, you have searched me and known me. And you know when I sit down and you know when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest and you are aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know about it, Lord. You've encircled me. You've placed your hand on me. The, the wondrous knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty, but I'm unable to reach it. David here acknowledges, I don't understand it, God. I can't even comprehend your knowledge. But I know that you know. And I know that you know. And in my moments of weakness and difficult situations, we have this reassuring word that God is not distant. That God is here. God knows. God is walking through life with us. God is not out there somewhere. God is with you. And he knows. We understand that we, God has created us, but in fact, he knows what we're going through. Therefore, says in verse 29, don't worry about your life. 
don't worry about your life because God knows that we put our faith in him that we again remember that God is good and wants all things for our good and for his glory and we put our faith in that and when we worry we show little faith but number four when we worry we load today with tomorrow's burdens we load today with tomorrow's burdens verse 33 but seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be provided to us therefore do not worry about tomorrow do i need to read that again do not worry about tomorrow now this was to be fair this 63 33 and 34 are my verses that i speak to myself all the time this is what i memorized very early on because i have a proclivity in my heart of sin to go and dip over to tomorrow and worry about i know you guys are better christians than me so i know you don't struggle in this but he says do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will worry about itself each day has enough trouble of its own jesus says do not worry about tomorrow think of today we know today has enough on our plate. We have enough situations. We need to be present. We need to be thinking about what God is doing right now, what we are doing right now. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Now, is the Bible telling us here to never to plan, to never be good stewards, never think and, and be prepared? No, it tells us to be wise, to think, to store, to do these things. But what he's saying here is do not worry. Do not think about what tomorrow is and try to deal with it today do not fret over it do not turn yourself over over it do not worry about it because today has enough worry of its own and because we know that god has given us enough grace for today right the scriptures tell us we have enough grace for today god gives us enough grace for today and then guess what he gives us tomorrow? Enough grace for tomorrow. And what is he going to do tomorrow, the next day? He's going to give us enough grace for the next day. But what we like to do is still, God, I, I, I just got to deal with it right now. I'm going to just steal, I'm going to reach over to tomorrow and try to bring that grace back over today. And I'm going to try to deal with it right now. What has God, what has Jesus taught us already in this sermon? Give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need to today. Because why? God wants us to, us to depend on him every day. All the time. When you sing that song, I need thee every hour, that should be the song of a Christian. God, I need you every, I need you this next minute. I need you this next second. I need you because in me, I can't do it. But in you, I know you can do it through me. And when we start to worry about tomorrow, we stop depending on God because we're trying to put it all in today and do it ourselves. When we worry, we try to load today with tomorrow's burdens 
We're saying, God, let me handle everything. Let me do it, because none of us are God. So let's take our superhero capes off and let God be God. And let us depend on God, trusting him for every day and what we need for today. And not worry about tomorrow. Because God's going to get us through today. And he gives us his tools. He gives us his word. He gives us prayer. He gives us, we're going to talk about this, all these tools in just a minute. But God gives you all of this and says, boom, here you go. You can handle everything today. We get snobby and we try to worry about tomorrow. First step for us to dealing with this is to trust him as Savior. There are many people that are wandering about the world and trying to do it on our own. As a matter of fact, in almost even a Christian name are trying to do in the name of God. But you've never trusted in Jesus by faith. Because God's message to us is not do, that it's done in Jesus. And that we need to have faith in him alone. So have you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ who has died for your sin and paid for the penalty? And do you know that your life only can be paid for by Jesus Christ, your sin? Oh, brother and sister, you need to trust in Christ. And in that, you will understand that God by faith calls us to live today. And he will give us all the grace that we need. So, how do we then overcome worry? Some of you have been like, get to that point, Pastor. Some of you were actually worrying that I would not get to that part. <laughs> I don't know if he's just going to tell me how bad worry is, and he's not going to tell me what to do with it. And you've been worried about it. Pro- okay, I'm here, okay? But again, what I'm about to give you is not a checklist for you to do and overstep in trusting God. Because you're going to see that God is what we need to trust in. How do you overcome worry? Number one, pray and bring your worry to God. Now, that seems like, hello, the pastor's going to tell us to pray. That's, well, that, well, you really stayed up all week thinking about that one, pastor, I'm sure. But how many times do we overlook that? How often do we fail? How often the most important and powerful and effective thing that God has given us to overcome our worry, we don't do. Shame on us. Because what does Philippians chapter 4 say? Don't worry about anything. Wait, Paul, Jesus, you sure I can't worry about my marriage? Does that say worry about some things? Does that worry about the things that only you can't handle? Does that say worry about, don't worry about your, you can worry about, don't worry about anything else but your kids? No. I'm pretty sure the Greek word for anything means anything. We should not worry about anything. But in everything, 
through prayer and petition with thanksgiving. What do we do? Present your request to God. And then what happens? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Right? The scriptures tell us the way. The scriptures are sufficient for our life. Instead of worry, what you need to do, brother or sister, pray. If you start to worry and you start to see it creep in, what do you do? You stop and pray. You get on your knees and you pray and you bring it to the Lord and you pray. And if you start to stand up and you start to worry about it again, get back down and you pray again. And you pray and you tell him, God, I'm, help me to trust you in this. God, help me as I think through this that I know that you are a good father. You are a father who is in control, that you are a father who cares for me. Help me to trust you. We need to pray. Some of, us, some of you might need to buy some knee pads because you need to pray for a while on some of your worries. And you've allowed those worries to fester and control you. But I encourage you, begin to pray. When you wake up in the middle of the night and start to worry about it, what do you do? Pray. Pray yourself back to sleep. That's the one time I tell you to go fall asleep while you're praying. To put your worries and concerns into the hands of the Lord so that you can trust Him and rest in the arms of God. You need to pray. Secondly, you need to give thanksgiving to God for His provision and His love. What did it say with prayer and with thanksgiving? That's, that's a key to the recipe that we don't do often. Why, why don't we do that? Because we need to be thankful for what God is doing. Because what is say, Satan is a deceiver and he is a slanderer and he wants to deceive God's children. And so what does he want you to do? To think that God doesn't care. God's not doing anything. God hasn't cared for you. God. So what you do is you say, God, I know you've already done this in my life. Thank you. God, I can think of times that in my life that you have been there for me. I am so thankful. You are reminding and training your mind and heart with the Spirit to say, I am thankful for who you are and what you've already done. And you know, I know, God, you are going to take care of me in this thing as well. When you praise him for what you have, the other things seem smaller. So be thankful. Number three, trust God with your worry. Now, that might seem redundant, but no, it is actually putting your trust in God with that worry. To trust that he knows, trust that he cares. Remember that this is the God of the universe who is, who, who is twirling the whole galaxy in one hand, chewing gum and doing other things in the other. God is not lacking in power to do what he can do in your life. So you trust in God to handle your worry. Does that not, does that mean that you don't do anything? No, there are certain things that with wisdom you know that God's shown you that you need to do. But you trust, and in trust, 
your work, your, your plans to the Lord and let him do all the important things. You trust God with your worry. Number four, you focus on God and his ways. Verse 33, seek his kingdom and these purposes and his purposes. Well, what do we do? Jesus said, seek his way for our life. Seek his will for his life. Seek the kingdom for, his, for our world. If we seek these things, there's a practical thing to this. Seek what God values. Seek what he values. Our worries become smaller. Seek his kingdom, his values. And what we realize is we don't have a lot of time to worry about the things that we've made up. And God's already given us the things, the kingdom things to do. He tells us to pray. He tells us to read the word. Praise tells us to care for somebody else. It's hard to worry about ourselves when we're worrying and sharing and loving on somebody else. Go to Gospel Every Home this afternoon. Share the gospel with your workplace mate. Share the gospel with someone you go to school with. Do kingdom work, and then you won't be fretting on the worry that you've created in your own mind. Seek his kingdom. Trust his ways. And know that God will take care of you. And finally, number five, walk with others through your worry. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up as you are already doing. Brothers and sisters, this is not a single refrain from me or our pastors here or you'll never hear this again. You've heard it a thousand times. You'll hear it another God has given you the gift of the church and other believers. And instead of holding ourselves away, sometimes even feigning that we've got it all together when we know that we don't, there needs to be a vulnerability of Christians with other Christians that God has given us the church to care for us, to love us, and we can only do so when we're vulnerable by telling others what we're concerned about, by being honest and real, but by being in relationship and walking with other believers. That's why we encourage you to be in life group Sunday morning or throughout the week that you tell each other openly and honestly, I am worrying about this. Please pray that I will not worry about tomorrow, but I will worry about today. Help me as I'm worrying about this. Help me to trust in God and not worry about this thing that I've made up. Have others pray over you, with you, and walk through, with you through this worry so that you escape it. But also, many of us have signed up to do a D group. What a wonderful opportunity to be with two other believers that you can talk about your worry. That you can set a goal this week, if you're meeting with your D group, say, this is the thing I'm worrying about, and this is the thing that I'm going to trust God in. We're, talk to your D group about that. What, what is your goal? How are you going to walk out of that worry? And you have someone that's going to encourage you about that. Brother, sister, 
God's word has given us the answer to the question, why worry? Well, as a believer, we really shouldn't allow worry to control our life. Jesus says, don't worry. Paul says, don't worry. The Bible says, don't worry. So for just a minute, let's go back to the things that you've written down. Look at those two things, or one thing, or list of things. I just want you to take a moment to pray over those things and ask God to help you trust Him in those things. So go ahead and pray, and then I'll close us out after you pray for a moment over those. treat us as we deserve but you treat us with love and grace and care God you watch over us and like a good father give us exactly what we need so God I pray for all of us including myself. I know that I am maybe one of the worst warriors in this room God I pray that you would help us to trust you. God, we are so thankful that your yoke is easy and your burden is light. In this area, Lord, help us to bring our concerns to you. Help us to rely on you. Help us to trust you. Help us to have great faith in you. Help us to look to you. Help us, Lord, by your spirit, by the grace of your word, by prayer through other believers. Help us to conquer the worry of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand to your feet? And as we sing together, let's trust, our, let's trust God not only with our now and not only with our tomorrow, but with our eternity. And just encourage one another with these words and sing them from your heart. Thank you. 
uh, in regards to the Easter celebration today was the deadline to bring uh, filled Easter egg candy, uh, Easter eggs uh, or candy. Uh, you can still do that, but please try to bring that tomorrow if you can. Uh, or if you can uh, just communicate with Christy what you have and what you're going to bring. Uh, but we know that uh, we're kind of, this is second year past COVID. We know people are going to be coming out. So this we're going to have a large uh, community turnout, I believe. So we encourage you. The most important thing about an egg hunt is the eggs. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, you got it right. Somebody was worried. Yeah, eggs. You got to have a lot. So we encourage you to do that. Help us fill those so that we can uh, have a great uh, time. We'll connect with them, and the Lord has used often in the past to connect us with a family in the community that we get to invite and pray to bring into church. So that's our goal. So begin praying for that as well now and bring someone using an invite. Thank you for being here today. In about five minutes, we'll have our stand-up meeting. If you're a guest, uh, we hope you go to the Next Steps desk to get your gift before you leave. God bless. Have a great day.